Hello, everybody. My name is Eric. My name is Nick. And today we're going to be talking about the rest of the Cincinnati Bengals NFL season, starting with the injury to Joe Burrow in week whatever it was. <laughs> um, Nick, what are your thoughts on the last seven games of the year? Well, I didn't watch very many of them, so... Um, but it was pretty bad, except uh, we beat the, the Steelers. That is the highlight. That's probably going to be like the vast majority of the positives you're going to be talking about. But yeah, uh, I actually, when the Joe Burrow intro happened, I was in another room because they were at that point winning like nine to seven. And I'm like, okay, well, this sucks. I'm going to go do something real quick. And all of a sudden I hear on the radio, and Joe Burrow is down. And I'm like, okay, well, fuck me. Yeah, I, I watched it. I saw it happen. I knew he was done. I was like, that's his knees messed up. <laughs> yeah. It was a torn ACL, MCL, and other structural damage. Yeah. So well, we're recording this in January, which is about, you know, two months after the injury. And all signs point to he doing, he's doing pretty good on his recovery. Yeah. That's, there's some good stuff coming out, and he should be ready by the season. So, yeah. I mean, if Carson Palmer can tear his knee up in mid January and, you know start the year after it's not impossible to assume joe burrow can do the same thing with more lead time right but the the summary of that is you know the whole season was over once he was his knee blew out it was terrible it was all awful it wasn't very fun watching the rest of the games with one very positive exception yeah i mean i always watch even if we're terrible i I always watch the uh the interconference games uh, it's they're a, usually fun. It's uh, difficult to watch when you know they're bad and they're playing with a backup quarterback. So I don't fault anybody who didn't watch them. And just like as a side note, the reason why we are doing this so late is because we had a couple uh, things come up, personal life. Some of us moved. Some of us traveled. Uh, not, nothing lined up right to get this out on time. So we're and finally we, doing it. We and just we said, sucked anyways. We sucked anyway. We don't even have our quarterback, so let's just do a whole year-end summary review of shit show. Yeah. But yeah, no, it was uh, it wasn't fun. I watched, I think all the games. I think the Dolphins game I didn't watch much of, and I missed the Houston Texans game because I was traveling. I think I watched some of the Texans game, some of the Dolphins. Uh, I don't think I watched any of the others. You watch maybe a bit Steelers of the Ravens game. ones. You yeah, I already Steelers mentioned game. the Steelers one though. Oh, okay. We're gonna get to that a lot later. That's gonna be the bulk. Yeah, I watched the Ravens game too, at least the first half. But you got you saw everything you need to see watching that first half, and I think we kind of got exposed. And I think a lot of people, uh, like reminiscing of that one, the 2017 year where we knocked them out of the playoffs on the last game of the year. A lot of people are like, last time, you know, we played them at the end of the year. We knocked them out the playoffs. And I'm like, that is not going to happen this year, but I appreciate the enthusiasm. No, we got worked. We got worked. Oh, we got worked. Yeah. So what do you think about, uh, our coach's performance at the end of the year? They actually, you know, until Joe Burrow got hurt, they were playing Washington pretty well and they went on a tear towards the end of the year. So, you know, I thought they were, okay but the excuse me the rest of the games new york miami dallas and the ravens game all those i fully expected that to happen they didn't play very well um the one exception of course being 
the Pittsburgh Steelers game. And that, to me, watching the game, I didn't watch all of it because um, I was working on a project and I came in. We were up 10 nothing on the, what was it, 11-2 and two Steelers at that point. I'm like, there's no way this is happening. And so watching that game and watching highlights of the parts that I didn't see because I left after the first quarter. I'll get into that later, but like, it was like, like the peak performance. Like they, they, I don't think I've ever seen them play that good <laughs> ever <laughs> in any circumstance. And this was like the meaningless of meaningless games. Yeah. I mean, that, that game in particular, I think was, um, such a well-coached game on all aspects. All sides. Yeah. I mean, especially given the, the quarterback that we had, you know, um, there's some really good play call there and it, it, it does make me feel more positive about, um, Zach Taylor. And I think it made the organization feel more positive about him too. I think it probably saved his job for sure. Um, and like, that is such like a, that is such a big win. And to follow that up next week with the Texans win, I think sealed it. Like, you know, they, the Pittsburgh game probably saved his job, but the Houston game definitely sealed it. And I thought they did the Houston game watching replay and highlights. You got a pretty good game. I got a well, pretty good performance out of Brandon Allen, who was amicable in his um, backup role. So no complaints there. Yep. Yeah, and uh, our running backs played well too. Um, yeah, which means uh, yeah. our line played well at the la- later half of the year, I think. Yeah. A comment on that is that uh, we were a top ten rushing from a rushing yard standpoint, top ten in the league with a pretty respectable yards per carry at 4.1 it's not just a straight volume thing but they did pretty well overall running the ball for the entire year despite not having joe mixon for 10 games yeah 4.1 is pretty bad but you know what 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 we're we're in the bottom 10 oh i guess if you look at it that way well if you look i if you just look at the number itself 4.1 is not bad because 4.1 means if you, on average, if you run the ball three times, you're going to get a first down on any given three-play scenario. Sure. Um, yes, bottom but of the com- barrel is Comparatively, for, it's pretty bad. When you look yeah, at you pu- two years ago, we were getting like like over four and a half, oh, I think. Oh, hang on. We're going to have to cut all that out because I am a lying liar. We were actually bottom ten in rushing yards. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> we're not cutting we're that out. Cut all that out. No, we're not cutting it out. Ah, it in. Okay. You, you sit. You get to sit in your mistake. <laughs> let, it, let it swallow. I got it I got it mixed up. I got the thing. I should have known. I didn't see the Titans or the Ravens at the top. I should have known better than <laughs> I had my filtering wrong. Freaking NFL Network website. God damn it. That's on you, buddy. That's all on me, guys. I fucked up. Sorry. Um. Because I was looking at it, I'm like, we did pretty well. And you're like, no, they suck. And I'm like, what? No, 4.1's not bad. Yeah, if you compare it to Ravens, Titans, Browns, who were 4.8, 5.5, whatever. I mean, in 2018, we were a lot better rushing team. Well, we had Joe Mixon. 
So well, so 2018 was his breakout year, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, which actually leads to another topic I want to talk about: how we fired our O-line coach. We did a lot of firings, really, but I think that's the biggest one and probably the most important one too. Uh, no, yeah, absolutely. I mean, um, and we brought back the guy from 2018, and you know, as, as most people know, the O-line coach is the person that de- de- designs all the run plays and the run scheme. So which is probably a good move. I I kind of where, where why did he leave? Did he get fired? Was he just was it just like a clean house kind of kind of deal? Um yeah, I think Zach didn't want to keep him. Hmm. I can't that, I, doesn't. I can't remember exactly what happened. Well, I think as a whole, you know, most if not all the coaches left. The only big name I can remember staying around was Daryl Simmons who was the uh, special teams coach. Right. Um, yeah, I think that's a big move. Getting rid of was it Jim Turner? Was yeah. His name. Yeah. Probably the great move. Someone who's not well liked, and an- another like Miami holdover. Yeah. Um, I didn't like him, and you know we didn't perform under him any of the years. So. Yeah. Um, it, glad to see him gone. Yeah, I think uh, Frank Pollock is going to do a lot better. It'll um, be interesting to see where the offense goes because they're they're keeping a lot of people. One of them to get rid of Lou. Yeah, um, and I was one of those people. And they did not. Yeah, I think uh, I think our defense has been has struggled a lot under him, you know. But yeah, then you, well, you get to the point of who who do you replace him with? And I, yeah. I don't really know who's who would be good that's out there. Marvin Lewis. I don't think he would come back to the NFL for a coordinator position. Probably not. He pro- I mean, he's too good of a head coach to to lower himself to anything but a head coach. Which, by the way, I mean, we'll talk about it real quick. It's not too important. I know we've already moved on, but he hasn't picked up a job yet. There's only a handful of open spots left. Yeah, I'm kind of surprised by that because I, you know, I heard he was getting a lot of attention, and I figured, um, yeah, there's a lot of teams that let go of their coaches this year. Yeah, and now there's only a handful of spots. I think I saw maybe one or two people from the Sean McVay coaching tree, which so far that has not proven to be very good. Right. Um, I mean, he's he is 62. That is pretty old. <laughs> But, but, I mean, you look at, like, Bilicek and Romeo Cromel, who are, like, 70. Yeah, but Romeo Cromel is, is done. Oh, is he, was he, like, officially done? Well, he, he's not he's not a long-term. He's not going to be a long-term head coach. That's true. Yeah, Bruce Arias and Bill Bilicek are both 68 years old. So, in theory, Marvin Lewis could. He's, quote-unquote, young enough to come back. Either way. He's he's not going to be a defensive coordinator, but I would have liked us to move on. Um, our defense has been, you know, near the bottom of the league the last um, two years. Three years, really. That 2018 year, which isn't on Zach Taylor, but that was like the historically worst defense of our probably our team history, if not one of the worst in NFL history. Because I know they were the first team to give up 500 yards in three straight games. Yeah, who was the coordinator then? 
Um, it was that was Terrell Austin. No, <laughs> he he was. Do you remember him? Yeah, didn't he get fired halfway through the season? He did get fired halfway, through, and they brought in. Then Marvin Lewis. No, just Marvin took Lewis over took over, and it got better. Well, uh, see, when people, pe- I heard that he was going to be our defensive coordinator. He came from the Lions. I'm like, yo, if the Lions don't want him, why the hell are we going to go for him? Yep. I mean, it was pretty bad. But then he went over to help the the Steelers right after us. Sounds about right. <laughs> Obviously, not in an important role. Obviously, not very bitter about his situation. Yeah, I'm hoping the the Frank Pollock's hiring is going to help us out. Um, then we also got the new defensive line coordinator or uh, assistant coach. Um, I don't know much about him, though. Yeah, and I think they're still interviewing some other spots, too. So that's not that's not all decided as of right now. But yeah, we kept all of the main coordinators, though. So, um, yeah, the big names, which, you know, I, I've put a lot of thought into it, and it's like, to be completely honest, we give Zach Taylor a lot of shit for being a um, awful coach. And I think his record has shown that he does get along with Joe Burrow pretty well. And Joe Burrow seems to like him going on record and saying, you know, he wants to bring him back. So that's not like entirely out of the realm of, um, you know, bringing him back. I'm sure Mike Brown probably asked for his input. Yeah, I mean... You know, I think as an organization, when they went out to find Zach Taylor, they wanted somebody young and new, you know, somebody that could bring, um, you know, kind of a, a fresh idea to the locker room. And, uh, you know, I think he did do that, you know. Um, I think he tried. So I don't think he succeeded very well. Well, I think he's changing the culture. Um, you know, we, we've signed free agents now. Um, we're getting rid of some of the the players that don't perform. Um, you know, I, I think I think we're changing things around a little bit, and I think it makes sense to give him, you know, this this uh, this third year. Um, it's going to be the only his second one with his quarterback. So, um, and, and to be fair, he has improved from a win loss perspective from his first year to second year. So, it's not you know out of the realm to assume that. With a healthy Joe Burrow, with a healthy Joe Mixon, they you know, they might not be above five hundred or be a playoff team, but it's possible they show improvement. But I think if they go to a third straight year of losing, I think it's time to let this go. Yeah, and I think it matters how you know how we're losing too, because um, we still we still had some close games, you know, under him. Mm-hmm. And yeah, we can go down the list, you know. Uh, Three-point loss to the Chargers, five-point loss to the Browns, tied against the Eagles. They won Jacksonville. Like they get blown out by the Ravens, but even though they were winning twenty-one nothing against the Colts, they only lost by four. Three to the Browns, beat the Titans. The, the first uh, eight weeks, you know, they're plus-minus on points given up and points scored as probably close to zero i'd have to do the math to figure that out exactly but um i mean i guess you take out the ravens game that's a straight up blowout but yeah and i mean we're comparing him i mean a lot of people at least are comparing him to marvin lewis who is you know he's been in the nfl for a lot longer than uh when we hired him than zach taylor has been now um i think 
uh, I can kind of see how Zach Taylor is still learning how to, you know, be a head coach. Um, he still calls the offense, so I, I think it would benefit him to relieve that duty to the O coordinator, but, you know, I don't think he's going to do that. Yeah, that's one of those kind of wait-and-see things, you know, see how things look coming out of camp. You can't make decisions now, obviously. I would have preferred to let him go, but I, I can, I'm starting to see the other side of keeping him and having him stick around, giving him one more year. Yeah, I think it would be really hard to fire a coach after, you know, basically one year with with a new quarterback. Yeah. Because the scheme is going to change completely when you have different players. And, um, you know, our offense hasn't been stable. You know, he hasn't had really a shot to build the team he wants. Um, you know, that that's also on the defense side. We haven't implemented – um, or we haven't had a consistent defensive scheme. Uh, and go ahead. injury bug, too, from this side on the offense in particular, but I just feel like in so many years we've had so many injuries on the defense, like important injuries on the defense. Yes, uh, absolutely. We I know we lost DJ Reader um, a couple games into the year. I think he got hurt in the Ravens game. That was our biggest resigning. Trey Waynes hasn't even played yet. Um, I know, which by the way, I thought people were optimistic, like, oh, he could come back in the year. And I'm like, now th- those weird training camp injuries, they always seem optimistic, but then they never end up playing the rest of the year. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it really wasn't worth it for him to come back anyways. Oh yeah. Cause we have him on a three year contract. Might as well get healthy. Um, yeah. Which sucks because it's like you signed him with three year deal. You paid him. Well, I think forty one million, and then you know, in- injuries happen. There's nothing we can do about it, but it sucks. So like, ah, oh, you know, one of our top free agent signings doesn't play a single down. That I mean, that's just the you know nature of the sport. It's just unfortunate. Yeah, I mean, we had a lot of big injuries throughout the year, and people struggling to stay on the field. Uh, Which, by the way, we uh, we talked about this in season preview on injuries and if having a shortened training camp and no preseason game was going to affect injuries. And I'm going to say after watching a full year of football and seeing all the injuries kind of happen, I don't think it's, I don't, I think it's inconclusive. <laughs> yeah. No, that was so, that was so, that was so anticlimactic <laughs> the way I framed it. Yeah. I mean, this, this happens in other sports, you know, Oh, yeah, lockouts happen. Um, and it's like I saw, you know, a lot of people got hurt, but a lot of people got hurt in weird freak injuries. Joe Burrow was one. Uh, Odell Beckham Jr. had a freak, you know, leg twist on a on a tackle. Yeah, you can't yeah, you can't prevent those kind of things. Yeah. I'm going to have to look at Nick Bosa. I remember he got hurt on another weird play. Jimmy Garoppolo and some of the other big 49er players just weird freak injuries man yeah so that's inconclusive but it's just unfortunate in the sport of football injuries are just so prevalent and everybody deals with them it's just unfortunate you know another thing i want to highlight is uh kind of what went on in the locker room this year with our defense in particular very Um, very strange the whole locker room vibe which is why i'm not sold on zach taylor 
Well, I think Entirely. this is, yeah, I mean, it's, it's a problem with Zach's, but then a big problem with Lou. I think he should have gone. I mean, we saw with Dunlap, he, he complained and it was because we changed our scheme. You know, we're running that three, four now into the four, three and mm-hmm. D- Dunlop doesn't have a place in in that scheme. Um, so, you know, we didn't use him properly and, you know, a lot of fans were saying he just wasn't trying and I, I don't think that's the case. Yeah. You look know, what he did in Seattle. You know, he had a basically a career renaissance. Yeah. He turned around their defense completely. He has, you know, more sacks, you know, than, you know, you put big names up there, J- Jadavian Clowney, you know. Did, well, everybody had more sacks. I had more sacks than Jadavian Clowney. Well, I know, any. but he's a big, <laughs> he's a big player. He's a huge name. Yeah. Everson Griffin, you know. He didn't do too well. Yeah, yeah, and uh, Dunlop had two game ceiling like fourth down sacks. Yeah. Uh, so like, the dude was a good player. They just didn't either didn't want to or. I think we just didn't know how to use him. The same thing with uh, um, Gino. You know, he, you know, people say it's injury and this and that, but he barely got he barely saw the field. You know, um, Gino doesn't really fit the three four mold. He. I mean, maybe you can put him out there at defensive end, but he's... He would be weird as a defensive end. He's still, I think, you know, undersized for a 3-4 defensive end. Yeah. And he doesn't... You know, he's the best three... Te- one of the best three-technique defensive tackles in the league, you know. You well, he's he's kind of even... He's kind of even undersized for a defensive tackle, but he's just so good and so strong and so powerful that he has so much success. Oh, yeah, and I, I think just moving these guys out of the position, and I get it, coaches come in, they want to implement a scheme, um, but, you know, the old players aren't, you know, if you're making a scheme that doesn't fit your best players, you know, your best players are going to complain. Yeah. Um, and I think that's a big problem with Lou is he, he, he wanted to come in, implement his scheme, um, didn't really care about the personnel we had. Yeah, I'm I'm not a, not a big fan of Lou, and it's I think it's – both so you mentioned it was defense. I think a lot of it is defense, but both sides of the ball, I thought they were issues. Like um, there was John Ross, who injury prone as hell, sure, but uh, he had some complaints and he asked for a trade as well. He didn't complain enough to like get traded. Uh, you have to like complain a certain amount to do that. But <laughs> John Ross is for sure gone. Yeah, next I mean, year he was. Big old bust. I mean, he didn't he didn't play this year at all, did he? I want to say he suited up for a handful of games. I'm gonna look it up real quick because I'm curious now. Let's see, played three games. Didn't record any stats then. Uh, two catches for 17 yards. Yeah, that's yeah. So he basically didn't play this year. A um, bunch of drops. There was even talk of him shifting over to play cornerback, and I'm like, well, why not? And I think, you know, you know, he's definitely not, you know, the player that we thought we were going to be getting when we drafted him. But um, I think the dude has still potential to be, a, you know, a gadget player. Um, you know, just two years ago, he, he had seven touchdowns, you know. He was a red zone threat. Um, Conversely, though, he only had 21 catches for 210 yards. So he's literally just a red zone threat. Sure, but, I mean, that's he had a place. You know, he, he was used. Um, I don't think Zach Taylor ever figured out how to use him. Yeah, and that's a lot, that's a lot of things in the NFL, too, is making how, uh, you figuring out how your players can fit and using them properly. And I've heard people say that, like, oh, you know, somebody's going to figure out how to use them like Tyreek Hill. Tyreek Hill is a fantastic route runner. 
John Ross is not a fantastic route runner. That's like the main difference between the two. Yeah, I mean you, that that's the thing. You gotta you gotta figure out how to get get players to to buy into your your idea, you know, and try and figure out how they best fit into the role you're giving them. Right. And I think Zach Taylor struggled with that a lot. I mean, we, you see it on the defense, we like we talked about, and then now with the offense, um, John Ross and you know AJ Green too, huge. Um, Huge contributor for us before, and now he just he was pretty much non-existent all year. Yeah, that that'll be a weird thing to talk about years to come. Is like his like eventual decline and how he went from you know starting uh, wide re- number one wide receiver, Pro Bowler to okay. Yeah, um, you know a lot of it I think has to do with injury. Um, as soon oh, as yeah. he got injured, he started struggling. Um, but then I think. You know, Zach Taylor just couldn't find a place for him. Mm-hmm. And he also struggled to to mesh with the Burrow. Yeah, that was – we talked about that before, but that was so obvious throughout the year. Uh, he, he just could not connect with Burrow the way he did with Dalton, and I don't know why that is. And f- I don't know how the hell, you know, Andy Dalton can make somebody play great. It's not like He's not Peyton Manning, so, you know. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, they just, they had, you know, they started the NFL together, so they had, you know, started building that chemistry really early. And it was just sad to see because, you know, there was plenty of times where, you know, Green was open and especially on some of those deep balls and Burrow just missed them. Yep, that you could tell that connection wasn't there. And it's sad and like, to see fans trash A.J. Green and, you know, saying it's only him that is, like, terrible now. Yeah, it's pretty pathetic of us. I mean, we 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 in particular didn't do that, but like the fans as Bengals fans. Yeah, and we, we were we were openly bashing other Bengals fans who were bashing AJ Green. Yeah, I hope I hope he can find a team next year um, if oh, he's still no willing question. to play. Will. And I, uh, you know, I think he's still going to do well. I don't think he can be you know the the number one receiver anymore. I don't think he should have gotten as many targets as he did this year. I think they were feeding him too much, but. Um, I still think he can contribute. We've we've been we've been feeding him too much for years though, so Oh, yeah. Possibly. Hey everybody, thanks for listening to our podcast. We'll catch you in another time for the next episode. Thank you very much and you guys have a good one.